All right. Well, welcome to yet another episode of Fuck You Friday. I'm your host, Wynn Silberman. This is my co-host, Casey LeBlanc. I am super excited today because we get to host the one and only Mike Ratchie. From uh, the San Jose Sharks, God, what do you play? Thirteen years in the NHL, I think. Thirteen years. Yeah. Uh, I'm very, very excited to to dig in and, and see some things that uh, some common themes of how to win, and both in sports and business. Um, but uh, you know, before we do this, I always like to uh, present Casey with uh, with perspective and and question of origin as to why we're even fucking here. Because um, I, I want you to realize that uh, this is a phenomenal podcast, but I want you to understand that there is, there is actually purpose right. behind it. And uh, <laughs> Case, if you don't mind just sharing a little bit about origin. Yeah, we yeah. We, we, we try to do this every time just to talk a little bit about, because there's going to be some times we ask you questions and then we try to uh, bring it back to the why and, and the what and some of those things. So the podcast really is, uh, is about bringing on people that have done elite things in their life and talking to them about how they either got there or some of the things both mental and physical uh, that people can learn from. And so the, the, the name Fuck You Friday is really based upon the opposite of thank God it's Friday, right? Where you're just trying to get to the weekend. You're not really happy with your life. You're not pushing yourself. You're not setting yourself up for success. So what are some of those things that you can or should be doing uh, that elite people have done that have already proven success with it. So we're, we, that's kind of where we go with certain questions that we have. And, right. and a lot of the place that we like to start, and first of all, thank you for coming. This is our first hockey player. And so there's a lot of questions around the sport, <laughs> uh, around the mentality and all those different things. But for us to give some context to the people that are listening, can you talk a little bit about where you're from and, and, and give us some background on you? Uh, so I grew up in small town, Manville, Alberta, Canada. Manville? Manville? Sounds like one of your type of bills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. But uh, there's about 500 people there, farming community. And, uh, you know, they had uh, grade 1 through 12 for the whole town. Wow. Um, so, I mean, most kids were farming. Most kids would go mm -hmm. off to the oil patch, work on the drilling rigs and stuff. So that's kind of where it was based, you know, where I picked up a lot of it. We had a lot of time on our hands. So what do you do when you have a lot of time? You go out and play hockey, huh. play street hockey, play ice hockey, play road hockey, whatever. Uh, on right? ice hockey, was it, um, was it like frozen lakes or were there rings? or There was both. Oh, cool. Yeah, we'd so, like to make jokes about a small town, but just for those of you who are not watching, uh, Mike's 6'5", uh, 6'6", six, 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 maybe 6'7". Six, yes. <laughs> God, is he growing? <laughs> Jesus. I did grow a little bit. Yeah. Well, it's weird because it's really weird because Casey's 5'10", uh, five, five, <laughs> and so, and so with, with he's always old. tried to get to six feet. He yes. just never has. Yeah. With heels on. The shoes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so, it, yeah, anyways, I'm on my best behavior now yeah. that I know you're 6'7". Anyway, sorry, we digress. So, so you're, there's always, so there's a context of there's outside games, there's literally street hockey which you're not using skates i assume right. but you're always you're always working on your skill and right. all the kids was there a ton of kids always playing is that what it was yes there was always a group of 15 or so wow come out every day and it was either we'd go to the 
uh, school grounds, play on the grass, mm-hmm. or in the wintertime, we would do it on the street when it's packed with snow. Oh, awesome. Or we'd go to the rink that was made, the outdoor rink at the school grounds and play there. Were you always big? Like, when you were a kid? Like um, did, yeah. Okay, so you're always one of the bigger kids, and did, did you always have skills that you're like, okay, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm when, pretty fucking Did you good. know, yeah, yeah, did you always kind of dominate? Or <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, yeah. I think it, it was two years in, maybe. I started, and the mm-hmm. second year, just started picking up quick on it. And then, you know, I was playing at a second level above, two ages above, right, with the... Yeah, how does it work? Is it is it similar to, I mean, so it's by age? Is it by grade? What, what by happens in the hockey okay. world? It's by age, but, I mean, when you're advanced, they sometimes they'll let you play up, and then sometimes they won't. There's little small-town politics in there. Yeah, know. so so you're playing, you're playing up north, right? So you're, we're Canada... It's not the United States. The mindset of a kid playing, I don't care if it's football, basketball, baseball, hockey, the mindset and dream of, of any a young athlete is, number one, to play college ball. You know, whether, whether it's Division One, Two, II, or Three, the goal is to try to, it's the scholarship is like the, the holy grail because that, that means that in a, in a sense you've made it as an athlete. Is that, was that your goal as well? Were you looking at sports as a, as a way to, to grab a scholarship? Or how, how did you see hockey? I, you know what, I, I was probably around 10, 11 years old, and I, the Oilers were like the thing. They were mm-hmm. winning cups, Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, mm-hmm. and I watched them every day all the time, and that was like the focus. I was all, whoa, you know, that would be great someday to get there, right? Your eyes were on the pro. Yeah, so we were always on the Oilers or the Flames. There was a battle of Alberta in, Al- in Alberta. Sure. And it was always exciting. There was tension. It was everything, right? So if you're from the north, it was the Oilers. If you're from the south, it was the Flames. Got it. So it's it's still going, right? right there. There's still that rivalry, rivalry tension. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's where it started. And I had a couple relatives, a couple cousins that were really good. Mm-hmm. They were young guys that went and played junior hockey, tier one level, which I kind of followed also. And I was like, oh, I want to be like those guys. So the thing was, it wasn't college; it was tier one. Junior. Tier one is in a pro context, or what does that mean exactly? What tier does tier one, one mean? Is the Canadian Hockey League? It's the highest level for under twenty. So at sixteen to twenty, you can go into that and you can get drafted right out of. Do you there. get you get paid? You get a little bit of a stipend. So mm-hmm. that's a big deal right now. They're having lawsuits over it because they're can they're like employees, you know, but they don't get benefits. Interesting. So, yeah. So something similar is going well, on. Well, it's the interesting NCAA. to tie this yeah. into what's going on down south, as they say, in, yes. in your in your land, right? Yeah. In the United States, obviously these these licenses for the collegiate athletes they're they're starting to transition into being a paid uh, yeah. paid commodities, right? That's and so right. we're wondering where that's going to go. And and you're kind of speaking to it up north. There, it's it's a little bit of a mess. It is. Well, because well, they are employees, right? Yeah, they're just not paid. We're not well, or not compensated or with right. with benefits. With benefits. Yeah. Exactly. So and I, that's what we went through back in the day, and you get like. It was like 50 bucks every two weeks or something for, you know. That's what snacks. Wynn makes. <laughs> Barely. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> on a good, on a good week. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, that it was considered, it's like a, it's grooms you for the NHL, basically the Canadian hockey league. So 
So it grooms you for the NHL. So yeah. let, let's transition to this. So you've gone from uh, your childhood. There's there's clearly there's games. There's interaction. You're noticing that you're you're elite. Um, are you are you practicing more than other kids as you as you as you progress? Do you have a sense of more and more dedication towards the sport as you progress? Yes, I. Uh, Pretty sure 99% of all the pros are, they were all doing it all day kind of thing, like hours in the day. And Give it, me, like yeah. what, like shoot, like what do you do? Yeah, what's the training like? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so basically in a small town, you have a basement with concrete and drywall on the, wa yeah. on the walls, right? So you go down bef after school and start stick handling through the basement. That's awesome. And set up obstacles in there and start doing it. For hours. Then you hours go have dinner, it. and then you go back down for the second session of it and do that, like, every day. Because it's fucking cold outside anyways, yeah, you right? Yeah, you can't do nothing. There's no, you know, Netflix going on. <laughs> <or nothing. laughs> yeah. So, so you're, yeah. you're sharpening your skills, and, and now that now you've gotten in a position where you're in Tier 1, correct? Yeah. What? So now let's transition into the San Jose Sharks. You're, you're, uh, you know that you have potential, and now your dream is to be drafted and to play in the NHL. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think you're. Were you literally the first uh, player ever drafted by the Sharks, or what? What exactly? What is it? No, I was the second year first player drafted. Second year first player first drafted. Round. So was what, that number three? Were, yeah. What is it? What 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 pick were you? Number three. Oh, number the three, overall the entire overall, draft. Yeah. Yeah. Did that did that put instant uh, pressure on you because you you're seeing your dream on the one hand, right? You're yeah. lit, you're seeing your dream, and all of a sudden you're like. Oh fuck! It's my dream, and now I have to perform, and I want to. I don't want to. Did you not want to disappoint? What What was going on in your head? Uh, it was a lot of blur, I guess you could say. Everything was going by so fast. And how old were you? I was eighteen. Eighteen. Wow. Yeah. So the pressure was on. It was immense. You know, you you all you wanted to make it the first year into the league, and that was the perfect thing for a draft pick, right? To get in right away, start your career. Yeah, 18. You, yeah. yeah. You didn't want to go down. Mm -hmm. You didn't want to go back to junior. It wasn't the thing. And, of course, what happened with me was sim something like that. I, In my mind, I wasn't really happy with the organization, and I wanted to play. And, of course, they were contemplating on what they want to do with me and my development. Well, it, it's interesting in your career, uh, following your career, it, it seems to me, it appears to me, look, you're, you're a fucking massive human being, right? <laughs> yeah. And so you think ostensibly, uh, empirically, you're, you're here to, to beat someone's ass. You're an enforcer. You're that type of, uh, you know, you're going you're gonna to hold the line, so to speak. And yet, if you really reflect on the type of um, player that you were, you incorporated actually a lot of athleticism and finesse into your game. And so was were the, op the optics were a little off, right? Because right. a fan's expectation of what you were versus who you were right. seems like it was different. Is that right? That's right. Um, I, was, I was more of a player, not specifically an enforcer. Def more defensive, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, it started out, it was tough because I was underdeveloped as an 18-year-old for my size. So I just, literally, I was going to step in with men, you know, that were... <laughs> the, were well, tw uh, 28 versus 18 is a huge difference. a big difference, yeah. Huge like, difference. There's some guys that can step in. They're developed, obviously, at 18. They're, they're rare. But for a defenseman to step in right away and play is rare. It's totally rare. And did they throw you to the wolves, or what happened? I had some wolf bites, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It was it was tough. I was walking in at 205, 
205, 210, like skinny kid. And I could get away with it in junior because I was a big sure. guy. 205, 210 yeah, is your, a lot of weight, that's a lot right? Of weight. Yeah. That's, that's in, actually what, uh, what I weigh right now. I'm up 205. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. So <laughs> the pros, you're looking at 225, 230, 240, right? Well, yeah. Well, what were you in your, let's say, call it your prime, so to speak, like at 28 or whatever, at 30, what were you weighing? What was yeah, the difference was in weight? 6'6", 240. Wow, that's a huge difference. Big difference. Yeah. Well, what I'm I'm curious again. So so hockey. We, we I, I'm from California, and hockey is we we were in San Jose, but it was later in my in my life where the Sharks even showed they came up. Like right? 90, they, well, yeah, mid nineties. So, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So I was, so we didn't grow up with with hockey uh, as much as it is probably in Canada. But but explain this enforcer idea, right? Like what what is that? What's the what's the culture of the enforcer within the NHL? And, and give us some like some idea of what how that so, works. The enforcer back then, it was the guy who looked out for the skilled players. And each team had one up to five of them. Is that their team. actual title, like on their on their hockey no. card? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like unwritten stuff. It's right? unspoken, yeah. And this was the way it was for years. It was always that way. How do you get that role? Like, do you actually have to go into the back of the... It, in uh, practice, are you fighting everybody and it's like uh, the one who wins? It could happen, yeah. yeah. It could. In training camp, that's... You walk in if you're gonna go in that role. You're gonna, you're gonna have to start fight picking the fights and guy. shit. Yeah. And are and are some people like, hey, I, I'm not just not that good, but I'm pretty tough. Like I could just kind of skate around and beat the shit out of people. Like I yes. could probably find a role yeah. for money, right? Yeah. It's almost like MMA. Well, we call those on, goons. On ice. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're correct. Yeah, there was you guys that weren't skilled, but. They're six seven and two fifty, and they can you know they can since go. since since the the podcast is called Fuck You Friday, walk <laughs> walk me into the mindset of the enforcer. Yeah, like who is the enforcer, and give me some idea well, like, as to when, what this person, particularly when you were playing, like who is if if it wasn't you, was there someone that donned that mask immediately, and you're like, yeah, that's, like, that's like, the guy. Like how well, fucked up are these people? Like honestly, you know what? Some of them were a little fucked up. Yes, they were. They're a little wild. They're off a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, some, he's off a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I can see a little. Yeah, bit. he's got that. He's a little different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, some of them were family. You know, dads had the kids, and they or were, they can just transform, just turn just, it on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You wow. know, that's, that's a consistent theme, though. If we guy McIntyre, who was a, a longtime 49er, spoke right. to us, and and one of the things he said is like, look, he, he and he's a genuine nice. He's a sweetheart, right? Family but he said, hey, <laughs> as soon as you cross that that field, that line. He said it's own, yeah. you know, like there's this, there's this mentality and we're going to go into mentality a little more later where you just literally, when you step on the ice, yeah. things change. Oh yeah. Is that, is that consistent? It's very much like going in the ring, you know, um, you get in the ring, be prepared to protect yourself. Yeah. That's kind of what it is in hockey back then. Now it's, it's a little different. Did, did you ever run into an enforcer? Cause you were on the yeah. defensive side. So if you, oh, yeah. if you hit one of their star players, the enforcer's coming after oh, you yeah. and how do you, do you know, like, is there, Oh did, yeah. did you get in fight? Like a lot of fights? <laughs> uh, not as I got into some early in my career and in junior, but I realized, you know what? I think I'm going to step away from this area. This role. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't want to necessarily have to knock people out or get knocked out. Well, these guys are training like, they're training to box and fight. Yeah, MMA, grappling, boxing. Really, With, they're training like that out yes. outside the ring. Oh yeah! Wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the ring. Jesus! Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And no pun. Yeah. 
that's oh, yeah. that's insane. Um, another question that that Case and I were were talking about before uh, before obviously we got on here. Um, I played I played a little bit uh, overseas in in basketball, um, and uh, fortunately or unfortunately, basketball wasn't seen as a great sport in Sweden. Um, mm-hmm. But in the little town that that I got to hang out in, it was in Husqvarna, Jönköping. Uh, Huve seventy one HV seventy one was the was the team there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Sundin brothers, I think. Uh, that yeah, sounds like that sounds like my air conditioner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, who's <laughs> is the chainsaws? That, that's the factory. Well, that's where all the chain. Uh, never mind. Anyways, <laughs> the the question I had is, I went to a couple. The hockey hockey is celebrated, and it was super cool during the winter. Uh, first of all, it got dark by like two o'clock, but yeah. it's kind of like Canada. Um, the thing was, when you walked outside, it's just like what you said. Everywhere there's like these there's these little ponds they're frozen over and every kid is out there playing hockey and that was really really fun for me to see right yes. and it was fun for me to go to the games but this is what was interesting I never saw a fight uh, in a pro Swedish hockey game ever and um, one of the one of the a very a very good friend of mine Torbjorn uh, Falk who was a pro player uh, said to me you know in Sweden we don't this is a cultural thing we don't fight. In Sweden, is that true? Are there different cultures of hockey as you go globally? There is. It, it was always that way as I grew up playing. I had some experience with junior hockey world championships, and I mean it was always that way. The Canadians and maybe the Russians and maybe the U.S. were kind of that culture. Huh. Fighting was accepted, but like Finland, Sweden, Czech, no, they weren't. It just wasn't. It wasn't incorporated in the culture of the game. No. Never. NHL, as you so we talked about getting drafted, getting talked about getting drafted high, the expectations. When you get to the NHL, is are things just moving quicker? What 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 are the what, what walk me through the transition of going from yeah. I'm the bigger Tier kid, I'm a bigger kid in the ring to now I'm yeah. I'm just another I'm, guy. I'm, I'm, so I'm keeping my head on a swivel for the enforcer. But yeah. what were what were some of the things that you saw really early on? Where where was it faster? Was it bigger people? Was it just a, the combination of everything? It was a combination of everything. Uh, the puck moved. 10 times as fast, you know, passing, shooting, the size of the players, they were 10, 15 pounds heavier minimum. There were little guys that were, you know, super strong and you couldn't move them around, not like junior, right? So, yeah, it was a, it was a, a big step for me because I was that type of player. I was underdeveloped for my size and it usually a, a good defenseman, it takes them two or three years of development before they hit their stride, right? So... That was me. I was up and down a lot, and it took me a long time to get my shit together kind of thing and yeah. get training and get with it and then get a regular shift out there. Well, let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about – I want to go into mentality because um, as, as you navigate through your career – there were ups and downs, particularly in the beginning. You were sharing with me that, look, it was rough. I was seen as this. I wasn't that, and then I was underdeveloped. Um, what what was it that got you through uh, those tough – periods what 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 was it that made you not want to quit you know that's a good question I for whatever I was installed with with my family and my maybe my mom or something Mm. where it it, I was like I'm not gonna stop I'm gonna no matter how hard it was you would there were times where you're in a dark room in a hotel in the miners right and like Kind of like this, but, <laughs> you know, and with with like, real weird, creepy no, logos. Maybe not that. <laughs> okay, okay. This is but, where wind comes to cry. So you're in a safe spot. <laughs> so, yeah, there was there was those moments where you're like, oh, I, is this the right thing I'm supposed to do? Right? Yeah. And you just keep going, keep getting up, you keep going, you keep going, and 
I always thought about where I came from and my family and a lot of that. So almost like a responsibility. Yeah, exactly. And I, I was like, I, I can't let anybody down. I'm going to get back into this, get going. Right. And I wanted to get to a high level. I was a first round draft pick and I want to be a regular in the NHL. So in my mind, I was like, there's no, I'm not failing at that. It's, it's right? not an option. Right. And, and this is what I'm getting to. Obviously, the, there's, there's a lot of Olympic dialogue right now, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's particular athletes that are, uh, there's, this, there's, this, there's this new culture, so to speak. I might call it new. I don't know what you want to call it. But this concept of, of mental health is a thing. And, and I don't discredit that, right? But, mm-hmm. but my question that we were talking about that I want you to reflect on is, what is the distinction between not quitting, incorporating mental toughness and getting through something and, and, and this, this pivot into mental health and it being okay, so to speak, to, to take a break. Like what, what's the, is there a distinction and how do you, what do you see? What's going you on? You know, I can see it. I've, I've been through that situation myself. Um, for a pro athlete, it's, you're not allowed to do that really. Yeah. Like it's, it's not okay in, in everyone's minds, but I think they're starting to study it more, learn about it more, and they're changing the game. The teams are changing. You know, they're doing things differently. And you'd rather have a player happy, you know. In a, yeah, what's an example? What do you mean? Like, their teams are doing things differently. Like, they bring your dads on a road trip hmm. and show some camaraderie with family. We never huh. did that back in my day. Huh. Yeah, and, um, I mean, they're, they're doing – I'm not 100% on what – all they're doing yeah. now, but we did some team trips, you know, ca- canoeing, kayaking, stuff like that, and going to the military bases and seeing some stuff. But um, there, it's there. Like the the mental part of it, the difference between being a sissy or yeah. having depression, you know. And I mean, some guys, I think they get that. They don't even realize they have it. They're going through it, and that maybe their game is dipped. Yeah. But they're like, you know what, I got to get back out there and get going or I'm going to lose my contract. When, when you're in that hotel room, you know, over a, an extended amount of time and, and it feels dark, whether it's dark or not, but it feels dark. What, what, how do you get back up? How do you show up? You yeah, know, what you, did you, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was a lot of phone calls to friends, to family mm. and talking on the phone like for hours. And uh, I had a teammate when I was in one of those situations, I had a teammate who had a farm. He was a goalie uh-huh. and I used to go out to his farm and just kind of walk around Relax. and do things, get out of the hotel room and do some normal things. Right. And I did it. I ended up, I would stay out there with them once in a while just to well, get out of that environment. Right. It's, it's interesting. We, we talk about the role of um, the concept of team, the role that you play as a, as a good teammate, and and then the role of the coach. How how do you does that does that play a role when when you're navigating through this? Like, did your did your coach, for example, at the Sharks, did he like say, hey, are you doing okay? Or what role did he play? And and how did you as a team? Were you a close team? You know, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Mike Babcock comes into my yeah. head, and I'm like. Yeah, I know what that's all about. <laughs> yeah. you know what? what do you mean by that for, for those that don't know? Well, there was no how you doing. None. It was just a hard ass. Hard. It was old school. Ice cold in, in the beginning of my career. And then it, th- we got a couple new coaches that were kind of like that. They were friendlier, but 
they didn't last long. They were gone. Huh. So then, of course, when my the one coach came along, and he was that way. He's obviously very successful now, Daryl Sutter. So we got into it that way, and he was a hard-ass, ice-cold in the beginning. But then we actually started talking a little bit more, huh. and he showed some empathy a little bit. And I was like, okay, you know, I like this guy. And, you know, he stood behind you when you did well. Well, so, so yeah, no, keep going. Uh, yeah, I know, please, yeah. I mean, this is when you were doing well, when you were fucking up, like he was literally kicking in the ass on the bench. Yeah. Like, Physical abuse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean that would that wouldn't go over well on social media no, these days, no, right? Like this guy would be in jail. Yeah. Dude, I see the one guy say that, and I'm like, I got kicked by Daryl like a whole bunch of times. <laughs> right. so I was like, okay, I got to be better. It's part of the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but you just said it though, right? Like yeah. he kicks me in the ass, and the first thing in your mind is not, oh, I want to go tell. It's no, okay, it's I not. Can, it's wait, not hold out. Yeah. No, it's yeah. like, I got to go fucking be better. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. that's the point, you know? Like there's yeah. so we've we've talked about this, and there's like a fine line of what you can or can't can't say in this politically correct society, but it, like the, the idea of competition, the idea of being better, the idea of accountability, the idea of sports and the mental side of sports is it's kind of coming to the forefront right now. And, and I think it's just an interesting and fascinating well, thing. And the reason I was pointing to him is we had when, with Guy McIntyre, we, we were able to really, sh he shared some really interesting perspective in, in Bill Walsh and how he coached, mm -hmm. who was a, obviously arguably one of the best coaches in the history of the NFL. And one of the things that he said that always burns through my mind is Bill always showed that he cared. Empathy actually built built rapport and created a more uh, succinct team. That And he felt that that was a really important um, component to a, win a winning culture. Well, Empathy. and he also, he also was not, he was not leading or coaching or mentoring people in the same manner, right? Like he, one guy needed he would one tailor thing. himself. So that was, so I don't know that some, you know, your coaches actually understood maybe you needed to be coached a little bit different of a way at a younger age than at an older age. And you're at different stages of your career. There's different personalities. There's di people respond like it's the character of the stick, right? Or am I going to manage with a character of the stick? And if you're getting kicked in the ass saying, Hey, be better. Some people can crumble in that regard. Whereas you say, Hey, if you do this, you'll get this. And people respond because they're challenged. I totally agree. I think everybody is different in the way they accept coaching. Yeah, and respond or, to it. Yeah, motivation. And I see it in high school kids. I coach high school hockey. And you have to – and I've coached girls hockey also, and that's, that's a real – That one was a learner of how to treat the different girls and the way they respond. Wow. So huh. – and I think everything is changing with the kids nowadays. They're more, way more intelligent – with the social media aspect, using the phones, you know, they've, they're learning so much more than what we did. We were just like little robots back then. They yeah. kick us in the ass. You're supposed yeah, to go, they, but these kids are, they're learning so many different things. And you know, the feelings, the response, motivation, you know, coaches now, even at the pro level, I, they have to accept that part, right? Like, I'm doing, I'm trying to do texting communication to coach kids now and experimenting with it to wow. see, right? Rather than putting them in a room and, you know, doing and it on the board. them out. You're, you're literally like, hey. Yeah, I'm going to do the Snapchat with them, text them, hey, good job. Yeah. Let's do this tomorrow. Because that builds, that builds chemistry too, well, right? Well, they connect to it. Yeah. Right. right. so right. interesting. Yeah, yeah so. that's that's fascinating. I've never, I've never actually thought about that, is that people are developing their social skills in a much more meaningful and different way They're than what it was 30 yeah. It's accelerated yeah. in a different way, that, but it's actually smart. We, we should be cognizant of that as we're looking at the youth and how they're growing up, right? We didn't, 
the, all of us similar in age probably didn't, well, we didn't grow up with that social media. So we were confined to the whatever sphere, circle, town that we were in, right? And everybody's right. town is different. Now you're on a, you're on a, a world Huge, stage. Yeah. Well, now And now uh, I would say that gathering information has become a habit. It's become a habit. The first thing you do if you don't see something, you're Googling it. Yeah. When I was a kid, what was the worst thing? If I heard, of, if my father used a word that I usually didn't know, the yeah. worst thing I knew, if I didn't know, he'd know I didn't know it. What I have to do? I had to go fucking look up in the dictionary. So I was right all. I, so, <laughs> the worst. So, now I could have fucking Googled it. I yeah, would have been able to yeah. talk to my dad more. Well, so, well, I think the point here is that I really didn't need to pay attention in school, right? Because oh, yeah. I knew yeah. Google was going to be there at some oh, point. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, ah, somebody will figure this whole answering questions thing. <laughs> the correct way out yeah i don't need yeah. to i don't need to read but it's right? interesting it's fascinating that you have to incorporate that into fucking coaching now. yes i i'm experimenting more with it through a little consulting gig that i'm doing well and i'm trying to get into more hockey with higher level players like triple a maybe junior so i'm doing it through like zoom call or like google meets mm -hmm. and you know communication that way and through a text thing how is what's the response been from people in that that are in AAA and and is there some is there a market for it and have, or have you getting honestly I think there's a giant market yeah. for it because I I go I talk to my buddy who's into hockey academy and we our girls play on the same team and we're like you know what they're getting decent coaching but I we could give them so much more and I'm like how can I do that yeah right well maybe I can do it through you know, the internet, right? And do it in a, a video setting where you can watch visual video, right? Sure. All the pros, everyone's doing video. Well, YouTube is, is a is a new there. form of education. Yeah, I mean, it, it's yeah. truly, that's that's the, the mimic, the, everything that people are learning, are they've thrown away the archaic systems that have been here for centuries, whether it's playing an instrument, Yes. Whether it's whether it's playing a sport, whether yeah. it's doing every anything, it's it's like a new way of learning. Well, so so my question here is that you were drafted by the San Jose Sharks, mm -hmm. and then you saw a litany of coaches. Some you liked, some you didn't. It, it, like just, that's just the nature of the beast with coaching. But if you had a support system outside of the coaching that could then tap into the things that you needed, that could have probably helped you right in a different way. Like, can you talk a little bit about? You know that? what? That's exactly what I thought about when I was in that situation of in the hotel room and I'm like I think about it now man if I had a NHL alumni out there where I give them a call do a zoom call with them talk about my game or talk about something right I'm like that's a great idea yeah like if you can put that together not even for like NHL but maybe talk football. about therapeutic yeah like so I I'm like I'm gonna start trying this out and I you know I'm gonna do it with some AAA kids see how it does but from my experience it would have it would have changed probably my game. Your performance. Yeah. So I would have had some positive reinforcement then. I would have been got out of that environment quicker, right? And yeah, I think it's it's exactly what you so, just said. So the pr I'm 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 fascinated by the pro mentality and take take me through your thoughts as you've gone through extreme success on a on a physical level and then the depths at a at a mental level where do you see the percentage line for success in the pro game as far as mental physical is it 50 50 is it 80 20 like walk me through kind of what your thought is especially maybe in in a it, as it relates to hockey and maybe some other sports that you either know or, or can well, hypothecate I, on i mean i think the the mental side of it is like 99 percent. wow 
Huh. I mean, if, if your mental side is not there, you can't perform. That's your computer, right? Yeah. So that's my feeling on it. And looking back, I was, when I was in down lows, I was like, where was my head? Well, maybe I had a whole bunch of distractions going on. Maybe I had family coming after me for money or something, yeah. right? And I'm dipping through. And then, you know, when I had positives, oh, maybe I had my kids, you know, they were two years old. I went to kindergarten with them. We had a great day. So those kind of things in your life, putting that together, I think that that's a big part of it, right? And trying, it took me years to understand like the mental your brain, how it works when you go through the lows and your thought process of thinking negative. Yeah. And the doubt, yeah, right? The doubt, yeah. all of that. So, I mean, I, I started reading books a little bit. I, Wait, you read? You, you, you know, <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't know how. We, I have to. So the thing Well, is again, he, you don't need to. They read to you. <laughs> yeah. I, put, I put, it in my, put in my earbuds and they just talk to me. I'm like, this no, is, why yeah. do I need to read? Oh, but I want you to keep going because what you're touching on is, is actually, it's weird. It's, it's intellectualizing. It's intellectualizing emotion. Yes. Right? You're rationalizing an emotional thing. Yeah. So you're, I got more into counseling with counselors, started learning more about what the feelings were, what's going on. And I didn't understand it at a, at a young age. So they started telling me, you know, you need to set up your boundaries. You need to focus on what's you can control. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Everything should be all over the place and we should be doing this family, whatever, and just keep going and, and blast through it. That's a pro hockey player, right? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, no, you need to set up your boundaries, focus on what's important, your game, you know, your pregame, your day game, Order. preparation. Yeah, and, awesome. and structure it. So my game actually started, you know, going up and up. As I started learning, why do I feel this way? Huh. Why am I overwhelmed with anxiety? Or, you know, why am I getting injuries? Yeah. There must be something going on, like, in my business or my family, right? In, in every single one of these interviews, this is a common theme that is exactly what you're touching on. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's so unique and interesting to put these, like the perspective and how it changes so much the older that you get. And From rookie to vet. I mean, it, that's what happened. Maturity is like defined aware, by awareness, self-awareness, like, self-awareness, and, and this idea that like the as as we've talked to a lot of people, most of them are in the latter stages of either their career or they're retired and they're looking back. And the perspective is really like they started to see breakthrough things happening when they became aware and they started to pay more attention to their surroundings. And when you're younger, right, eighteen, when you're eighteen, you're just boisterous and you think, just like you said, yeah. I can plow through anything. And whether yeah. it's hockey, business, sport, any other yeah. sport, like you just think you're invincible, right? And so, how do you touch into that at, at a younger age? We haven't been able to crack that code, but every single no, one, of, no team has. Every, yeah. every single, yeah. every single one of these elite people that have done cool things has looked back and said, God, if I would have just had more awareness or thought about things differently. Differently when I was younger, I would have seen better results quicker. Right. No, I absolutely agree. But but the the flip is uh, the role of experience that creates the wisdom to reflect on that. And I think for a lot of people, at least for me, I, I have to, unfortunately, I usually have to fall and skin my own fucking knee before I learn something. And I think in sports in particular, uh, it's such a, there's such a physical component to things that a lot of the athletes, they need to skin their knees uh, and gain, to gain wisdom. And it's, it's like, and you're playing the role of like, well, how do I accelerate that? And that's ironically the role of a coach, right? And I that's agree. what you're kind of doing. I, I think there's classifications of coaches. There's more now. 
I think you might be able to have a skills coach. Maybe you have a performance coach also on, you know, with you as you're going through your career. And I, I, anal- I looked at it and I'm like, I'm like, how does this make sense? Because I'm the type of guy that I don't, I don't want to like use kids for something, sure. right? Like I'm sharing, I th- the way I looked at it, I'm going to share knowledge with them, make them better, make them a better player. Sure. So, and then it, I could accept it myself, but I think it leads into something like that. The mental side of it, what you're talking about with the gymnast, yeah. you need somebody, maybe they have their dad or mom or somebody outside. But it needs to be somebody outside. Yeah. yeah. The, the that's, parents, that's, yeah. the parents, and also somebody who is not financially or emotionally vested in it. And they yeah. take a complete outsider's look and they're objective, right? Cause sometimes you need to tell people exactly what's going on for them to get any type of meaningful like advice from it and do something actually with it. But I think we're on the real cusp of, I'm, all, I'm an entrepreneur. So as soon as I saw this and then hearing you speak, I'm like, there's going to be major business on the mental side of com- competition. And we're just seeing probably now this Olympics is going to be the probably, probably catalyst. That, Probably the catalyst that mm-hmm. is going to propel this this industry that we, and it's just unknown, right? And I think you're I think you're in a really good position as far as what you're offering. Yeah, I, I, I mean it was a, it's kind of a side gig type thing. I'm look because of COVID, it led into this. Sure. I'm like maybe I'll do some more of it, and I think it's there. I mean, if you could have fifty NHL alumni, you know, accessible for kids or players to get knowledge from, yeah, you know, something like that, like. It'd be invaluable, right? Yeah. And I think, and I think people that have formerly played, you would know better than I would, but they would get something out of it too, right? Coaching and giving back it, it provides you meaning and purpose, yes. and then the kids are getting something of talking to people that they might have watched on television and getting real advice, objective advice from someone who's played at the highest level. I, I, I agree. Like, what a cool concept! Yeah. And what, like, I'm already thinking, like, okay, how do we build a but, website? Well, but, but, but here's but here's the rub, though. Here's the rub. Yeah. Let me give you a, a personal example of the rub, which I don't is the like problem. when you say rub. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna say rub. It's making me uncomfortable. <laughs> Rad over here is starting Uh-oh. to shift a little bit, yeah. too. We're going to change, the, wanna, we're gonna say, change this, the conversation. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Uh, recently, a couple years back, um, was a great, great player for the Oakland Raiders. Oakland Raiders. Rod Streeter. Awesome receiver. Phenomenal. Had a great career. Um, the Raiders will tend to invite players back of, of good stature, of people they know are mature, and feel like they contribute back can contribute back to the rookies, right? So they had this panel, um, and Rod was part of this panel. And um, the rookies at that time was uh, the star running back. Now it was Josh Jacobs, um, a number of uh, other different players. What was interesting to me is after after this panel, Rod uh, came out with me to a soccer game, and Josh actually came out with a with another couple players. Um, and one of the players, for example had, you know, his Gucci thing set up. He was asking me, you know, what, what shoes he should buy is one of those things. Didn't even realize that Rod, uh, was on the panel, mm-hmm. right? Did had no clue, no fucking clue. He didn't care. They, they didn't listen. He's just getting paid. He's immature. They don't want to fucking listen no. on the flip side. Josh is sitting there going, Rod, thank you for, thank you for coming today. He's a unique person. Unfortunately, he's the exception to the rule. He goes and goes, dude, thank you. Fucking Rod's, Rod's here too. I want to pick his brain more. I want to learn how to be a pro. And, but there's this, how do you, is there any way well, to yeah, open yeah, someone no, to listen? No, there is. So what you, what you do is you have a rating system both ways, right? Uh, it's the exact way that Uber did it, right? You could have, anyone can drive you from point A to point B, but if you have a rating of this, then you're kicked off the system. If you're, a, if you're a passenger and you have a, like the driver's rating you, you're rating yeah. the driver, right? Two way yeah. authentication. And it can't, you have to have a bunch of data, 
right? Yeah. So it can't just be one person, you know, that huh. didn't have a good experience, but you start doing a, a rating system at right after the 30 minute session. Hey, both rate each other on, did the person like, was the, was the kid listening? Were they yeah. asking questions and those types of things? And yeah. then also too, with the former pro, yeah. how did the, you know, both ways. That's, that's fascinating. That, that sounds like a business. It is. I'm already, I've already contacted. <laughs> I, don't know. I was texting my web developer. <laughs> um, it's a great idea though. And no, I think like, like I said, I think from an opportunity standpoint, you just look at it and you're like, Mental health in the in the form of competition in sports it needs to be objective. It needs to be somebody who's already done it. Like, I, I think there's a a way there where you could probably yeah do something. Let's transition into into entrepreneurial things though. So in terms of your life, if I categorize into three steps, right? You have your your childhood. You're sharpening your skills. You're dedicating yourself. You're in the friggin' basement doing doing uh, whatever drills you have to do to better yourself, right? <laughs> yeah. Now you've realized your dream. You're in the NHL. You've played. You played 13 seasons. Navigated through injuries. All the shit that we're talking about right now. Okay, that's 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 kind of category two. Yeah. Now let's talk about what happened after you're done playing. Did, did you? Are you entrepreneurial? Did you invest in businesses? What 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 exactly are you doing now, so to speak, or especially just right after your career and up to now? Well, I did invest in businesses. I was in bar restaurants. I invested in oil in field. In San Jose? Yeah. Oh, okay. I invested in oil field. What'd you have? San Jose Barn Gringos? I can't remember what you had. Yet. Trace Gringos. Trace Gringos. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Rasheed, geez, I, who, so I went to San Jose State, so I know uh, all these So Rasheed Davis, yeah. the, the player that I was talking about with the Bears, yeah. he was the bouncer. Yes. 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 Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's awesome. I got into that. Um, I got into oil field trucking. That one was like, uh, I grew up around that. I grew up around the oil field, and that was a passion kind of thing for me. I'm still in it. Awesome. Um, I mean, so I, when you get drafted in the first round in the NHL, it's not retirement. It's not like fuck you money. Like you still have to continue to get more contracts. How long is the contract? Give us some idea as far as the the economics of getting drafted. Because that's a, I mean, like in the NFL back when you were drafted, you're done. You don't need to play. You don't need a yeah, second you're good, contract. Yeah. You're good. You you probably got thirty million guaranteed at that point. So walk me through the economics so in the NHL. For when I did it, there was there was no cap on a rookie coming in, but. I mean, mine was like maybe I don't know seven hundred fifty for three years. I can't remember something okay. like that. But you know, it, it varied. But you, there was no guarantee. Like back then, they huh. gave you a contract and it was take it or leave it. Yeah, and you had to earn. Oh. Right? There was no upfront. It, wasn't, it money. wasn't until Batterman got in there with the NHL that that helped drive the union to, to negotiate yeah. some decent shit. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a three-year contract when you get drafted. Yeah. And then, so you're, are, is that typical in the NHL for, for any, like you get the superstars that are making, but then in, in the, in the bulk of it, the 80% of the middle, are they doing more two, three-year deals? Is that typical? Yeah, they're getting a lot better. The NHL is really good for players for making money. Okay. It's mm. like very good. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I went through a three-year contract. I think I might've had a four-year and a one-year at one time. It was Kind of those take it or leave it yeah. things, yeah. and yeah. I had to prove myself. Yeah. So, and then I ended with like a five-year contract. So, I as I went on, it got a lot better. I got my game better, and of course, I was paid better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it worked out really well for me. But, I mean, then I I got out of hockey due to injury and got into my entrepreneurial spirit and did some trucking, did some bar businesses. And Did and you take major, is there like any major L's that you're like, fuck? Yeah, <laughs> there is. I mean, I. Every entrepreneur's had that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like I lost money in, in bars. I, I broke even in bars. So I made money. I lost money in real estate, lost a chunk uh, due to the housing crash. And yeah. 
I made money on real estate. And I, I still got my trucking going. I'm making money on that right now. It's it's decent, but it, it's in Canada. So, yes. and I actually, I mean, you, you can't go through life without having losses, yes. right? It's it's there. And you know, I'm right now. I'm starting something new with trucking. I'm doing Amazon loads in Wisconsin. I seen the activity, wow. and I was like. I'm going to try this out. I'm going to see if this is worth it. Because you so. recently moved to Wisconsin. Yeah. Like, is, there, is there a huge shift in culture there? Like, how's that How's that shift from San Jose? Oh, I mean, you're, you're up north, <laughs> and you go to Silicon Valley, and now you're, you're, in, you're in Wisconsin. It's, you're a Bucks fan all of a sudden. You know what? Yeah. Well, it's like Canada. So yeah. I walk right in there, and yeah. I'm like, You feel at home. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. it's 40. Uh, it's Actually, no, it's 19 degrees. It feels wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, no question. It's the Wisconsin people, hardworking people. Yeah. They mow their own lawns. Yeah. They shovel their own snow. And I was like, oh, my God, there's a mom shoveling snow. Yeah. It's like, or, I haven't seen this since I was a kid. Yeah. There's like <laughs> an 80-year-old man. My neighbor's like, he's got the snowblower out. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> well, well yeah. let's, let's talk about the, the hockey just in general. Because for, for people that don't watch all the time, I want to know some of the strategy in, in hockey, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, I, I've watched hockey, but I don't well, I don't. Yeah, have you a literally, back- I, I follow the puck and see if it scores. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so what, what I'm, I'm curious, most- are people, are you are you strategizing, are you watching film, and then what are some of the strategies that you, you impl- implement to, to be successful in that sport? So I think every team, they all have their scouts or they have their coaches that are analyzing video. So you're getting an idea of what a team is running, whether it's a 1-2-2-4 two, two, check, 2-1-2, two, two, whatever, 1-4, right? And then you're analyzing their players. And, of course, like, let's say you're going up against Edmonton. You yeah. got Connor McDavid out there. So, you know, you're changing your game Based to on. defend on this guy, right? And you go get a line, you pull him in, you get a couple of your top D, and like, okay, we got this guy again. We're going to watch Trying him. to isolate him. Yeah. We got to watch this guy, and you kind of isolate him and try to prevent him from getting, like, three or four points, right? Mm. Wow. So there's a strategy to it. All of them are doing it, right? And, I mean, it's the same thing on special teams. If you're running a power play, you run an umbrella, you're running, running strong What's a power side. play for, for some people that are just listening to, like, what, what exactly hockey is? So when you get a penalty, you're on the power play. The other team is down a player. They're yeah. in the penalty box. So you have five against four. So it's you can get an you advantage. Can, you can essentially score easier. You you're supposed to score. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah, you're supposed to. But sometimes the other team actually scores. Then you really feel then like shit. Get, yeah, yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> no question. So, so I, uh, so uh, f- we got to go into some fun questions, yeah. right? Like, so we've we talked a lot about your career, love all that. Let's talk about some of your background, yeah. but. I'm curious. Like, what? Let's talk about the groupie situation in yeah. the NHL. Like, are there are, yeah. there are there groupies? Shit, I. I don't know. <laughs> He's turning red, ladies and gentlemen. He's turning red. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. Uh, I, I plead the fifth. Well, is there? But is there? Is there a? I mean, up north. I mean, our player. An athlete is an athlete, right? I assume that you're revered, and there are there are uh, temptations in, in every professional sport that I'm aware of. There the tempta- temptations exist, right? I mean, uh, yeah. that's just in life. That's like, a, temptation. Well, for yeah, you, yeah, yeah. A man and man and woman, it's naturally. Yeah. Or or man and man, you man know. And, yeah, yeah. Now it's man and man. Yeah, whatever it is. Um, woman and woman. Yeah, whatever. yeah, whatever it is. We're yeah. fine with everything, by the way. On fucking yeah. Friday, it does not matter. Uh, yeah, but yeah, awesome. Any other weird questions, Casey? No, no. no. <laughs> I'm still I'm still processing your answers. So I'm sorry. 
I'm gonna need a minute. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. Can we take a recess over there. No, here? no, no. Uh, we're we're good. Actually, this is a, a perfect a perfect time to actually thank you yes. uh, very very much for being here. We really appreciate you coming down and, and yeah. sharing, um, particularly your wisdom on on mental toughness, on on the role that that hockey has played in your life, how it transitions into business, and, and where you are today. And and honestly, I feel like we may have had some sort of business opportunity here with incorporating this mentality uh, and and monetizing it. In yeah, a way. I really I, I really like the idea. I really mm-hmm. appreciate you coming in. I, I I've learned a lot and I appreciate some of the perspective and in, in going through some of those struggles and how you process some of that and then coming out and teaching high school and, and giving back and trying to help people from a mental perspective as well as understanding from a former pro perspective who's been at the height of the game. I think that's really awesome. So yeah. uh, thanks for coming in. So, so thank you. And and just so you guys know, we're, we're wrapping up. It's another episode of uh, Fuck You Friday. I wanted to remind everyone, continue to slide in our DMs. That's totally fine with Casey. Uh, also, please download, like, whatever you want to do. Interact with us. Uh, we enjoy it. It's fun. And uh, that really wraps it up for another uh, episode of Fuck You Friday. So fuck you. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. <laughs>